Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals, I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday, March 8th, and this is episode 101 of The Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Vegan Pete, and back from a two-week absence, the wonderful and lovely... And audible Avi Ale. Welcome back, (laughs) Avi. It's very nice to have you back. It's nice to have my voice back. And thanks again to Mioni and Emmy for filling in for Avi and being on the show last week. Apologies for the internet issues we had, uh, but we did get some nice feedback some listener from listeners, so I think it was a success. And hopefully for all you podcast listeners, you didn't notice too many of the internet issues because I actually <laughs> spent time editing last episode. He did. Put some effort in. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. And really appreciate all of you listeners, whether you're listening via the podcast or joining us here live at twitch.tv slash tank. You showed us a lot of love this week. We had subs from Remix Sakura, Wando25 for 18 months, Psyche Games, Ocops for 15 months, Michael9560, The Jarvis Man, Heavy Martillery, Real Chili, and he also gifted a sub to PSU Live, KK McLeod, and Thrice41. Very generous of all of you, and thank you so much. Whether you sub, whether you tell a friend, all of that helps the show grow. Show so grow. you've got big shoes to fill this week, Avi, because last week the listeners got a taste of Emmy and Mioni. You don't know that their feet are big. That's not nice to say. I don't think Emmy's feet are big. She's pretty <laughs> tiny. But it's two people, so that's four shoes to fill. Oh, that's fair. And yeah, you got big Where feet. Where are my hands? But I don't know if you got... Two pair of shoes, big feet. <laughs> Challenge accepted. More shoes to buy. So I think it's going to be a really good show. Avi's reinvigorated, <laughs> even though that's a DPS ability. <laughs> okay. So let's get it started with everyone's favorite segment. Green Leaf Minute. It's the Green Leaf Minute. And give her a thumbs up or a thumbs down in chat. Did she knock the Green Leaf Minute out <laughs> of the park? Uh, it's the Greenleaf Minute, and this week it's courtesy of Mocha Jones on Twitter. He slipped into our DMs and said... <laughs> sounded so dirty. <laughs> he just slipped into our DMs. Hi there. Wow, Refugee here. Really enjoying listening to the podcast. Got a couple of Greenleaf questions. First, why are macros so bad? I was curious about making a way to hovercast heals, and all I see is don't do macros. So that's the first part of the question. Right, and this is a healer-based question, so that's why so we saved I'm it for this week. I'm going to answer it. Yes, it makes way more sense. Um, so the the big thing with people say no to macros is because that macros actually fail to go off sometimes. If you move at all, it's going to interrupt them, and um, if someone... Like, and if you're trying to use a mouse over or a hover over macro, if someone moves out of your line of sight, or I'm sorry, before that, if they move out of your line of sight, it interrupts your macro. Like, there's so many, like, different things that can interrupt your macro, and it's um, just generally really, really unreliable. Sorry, I was kind of jumping out of order there. Not used to doing it. It's been two weeks. <laughs> um, however, if you do want to create a mouse over macro for healings, um, what I read is that the best practice is to actually stack it. And so... You're going to do something where it's uh, you do your macro icon and then you type backslash macro error, no space off. And then you're actually going to do four different cures. You're going to do backslash AC for action, cure in quotes. And this is again for a white mage. And then you're going to do the the left bracket, right bracket. Within that, you're going to do MO, which is mouse over. And then you're going to do the same thing, but instead of 
M-O, you're going to put T, and then the next one is going to be T-T, and then the next one is just cure without any brackets. Um, and this way, the reason you would do something like this, if you really, really want to have the ability to mouse over or hover over cure, which means basically like you can hover your cursor over, kind of like Pixie has mentioned for ESO, like being able to hover over the character and have the cure actually go off on that person and I without was having to click them. watching a video on this. I I knew this was in game, but I had never actually seen anyone do it. And it looks like you can hover over their name. Right, or I, their, I, did, oh, I did get to that point. On, their, on the party list. The party list, yeah. So um, you, you can use it for that as well. Um, you know, like it's, this isn't best practice. This, in my opinion, by trying to macro in a mouse over cure is you're trying to make Final Fantasy XIV play like a different game. That, and so, like, you're trying to force it to let you heal in a way that the game isn't actually designed to heal. You can you can code it. You can always trick it. You can make it do what you want it to do. But that doesn't mean it's the most effective way to go about it. The big thing is, is that, remember how I mentioned that, that, like, you can interrupt it? If you start casting a macro and, like, that has multiple lines, if you take one step, it can mess it up in the, in the middle of there. And then your tank could die because that heal that you're trying to go get off isn't going mm-hmm. to go off because... You know, something moved or if you're hovering over the tank and someone walks in front of the tank, then you're healing that person instead. It's the game isn't really designed for this type of healing, in my opinion. And yes, you can use the party list. But I I mean, if you use the mouse for, for other things in the game, too, with your camera and stuff. So it's not just I don't know. I think it'd be confusing. Like in ESO, you're doing the mouse over because where you look is where you heal which makes sense so your cursor is fine but where you look isn't where you heal with yeah, this there's a lot of camera turning in a this game a lot of camera turning i just don't think it'd be like the smartest idea um so i i wouldn't bank my life like especially not your cure and your cure twos like i mean i do use macros as a healer i don't the the question about for this was about the mouse over cure so that's why i'm only i'm only talking about that macro in particular because you see people in chat commenting that there are some good macros i do use some macros there are some good macros um but they're generally things that like um for like your bubble on the ground i have it set that whoever i have targeted it automatically puts them over that character so that way i don't have to click the spell click the ground and then it appears i just click the spell don't move and then it appears yeah and and, and you, you almost have to think whenever you use a macro in my eyes at least you have to think heal don't move and so that that's kind of the option. And the reason, again, I said, if you if you're going to see, hopefully Pete will share the the macro that I shared the list. I, I did a, quite a bit of reading on different ones, and this seemed to be the one that came up the most often. And it's because that way you have a fail safe where if somebody moves out of the way, at least somebody's getting that cure. And even if it's you, you know, you're not wasting yeah. that time. So it's kind of like the reason you have so many lines of code for that cure macro mouse over is in case it fails because it, it can um, so yeah, there's, um, I personally like a macro that I use when I'm summoning my pet, it summons my pet and it automatically uses swift cast and it automatically puts them on obey. So that way I don't have to think about that because it sucks to go into a dungeon or something and realize you forgot to put your pet on obey. There are little things, but I don't think that anything time sensitive except for the swift cast raise macro, um, you know, I just cast swift cast and then raise that way you get that instant raise with one button. But again, when I press it, I press it, don't move, then keep going. You have to like, because you'll find that, that until you get used to having to pause to make sure that it fully goes off, you'll interrupt it and then it'll be just really, really annoying and inefficient. 
Um, and the other thing is that's really big with macros is that because of that pause, don't move, you're losing casting time. So you're losing time. You could be healing other people. You're losing time. You could be DPSing against the boss. You're losing time. And so you may not think like these milliseconds are a big deal when it's, you know, just one heal. But this is every if you're doing it for your cure one and your, you know, your cure two, it's almost every time you heal. So you're losing a lot of cast time throughout the fight. And I just think it's a really inefficient way to play the game. Yeah. And you really don't want to do that comes in more into effect if you're trying to macro two abilities to go off back to back like if you're trying to do two cure ones in a row or something like that and you put them in one macro it doesn't queue up like if you're just pressing the button you can actually press it like half a second before the the reset bar goes around the whole icon and then it kind of queues it up and it casts automatically like this, when you do a macro, it waits the whole two seconds mm -hmm. and then it hits the button again. So yeah, that's you, where you're you saving the time off. You definitely don't want to do it for back-to-back -back abilities. Mm -mm. And, and and when you are doing it, well, like with the back-to-back -back ability, like a swift raise, that's going to have you cast swift cast and then it's going to have you cast raise. And um, I actually recommend having that as a macro and then typing in the chat as well. I just swift cast rose this person. And then I have a macro that is only uh, slow res for that also types in chat i just slow res this person yeah. and then that way you're letting your other healer know who you rezzed and how you res them because that will tell them that your swift cast is now down but in between the, the swift cast and the res you actually have to add a line of code into the macro that's telling your character to wait because otherwise they'll try to start casting the next spell immediately and it, the other one might not have gone off yet and so then the and this still even happens with my macro sometimes the swift cast doesn't take and then she automatically starts slow resing but it's already told the party that i swift cast so then i've got to stop and do it again and then it tells the party again it's just kind of you know a thing that happens and also lag can fuck up your macros yep. as well yep. uh which is like really annoying if it happens to happen to you while you're crafting something because those crafting rotations are really long so a lot of times we'll just macro them to make them just go faster mm -hmm. or not have to hit a button 27 times i do have uh, to say by the way i love seeing kk mcleod in chat going yep yep uh-huh mm -hmm. i'm like yeah because normally he's like nope nope not that <laughs> not that this i'm like yes he's a green <laughs> because like that's the reason i know i'm off on a crafting thing now that's but great. uh still macros it's always good to actually know your crafting rotation just yes. in case the lag happens and you can save whatever you're trying to make because it could be something that's worth multi-million gil that has been commissioned. You're making it for someone and you don't want to have to eat that gil and have to use your own gil to make it again. It sucks. So you don't have to go, bad, but help, I don't know what I did, you know, like I would do. All right. So PD had a second question as well, actually. Uh, yes. And he said, second, coming from WoW, I want to play healer. I have a scholar because it looks like it combined my love of healing with a minion class. What advice is there for someone coming from there for healing, specific and in general? Hope to be there live tonight. And Mocha Jones is in chat tonight. I know. I'm so glad you're here. Um, and so I actually haven't played World of Warcraft since it was vanilla. So I'm, I'm super out of touch with healing in WoW now. I, I honestly can't relate the two. Um, I think that one of the wonderful elements about 14 is that you are able to level all three of the healing classes um, on your one character and then find out which one feels best for you. Um, and I point this out also because we do have an expansion coming out with Shadowbringers, which is very, very likely to change the way that the classes play. So while Scholar is my favorite healer at the moment, when it's level 70, 
it may not be my favorite after this expansion. And and this has actually happened to me with each and every expansion. Every change, every change they make, they somehow tweak a job that I play and make me not really enjoy it so much. But then they tweak another job that makes me go, ooh, this one's really fun now. Um, on that note, I think that if you enjoy healing with the minion class, that I do think you should look into either Scholar or Astrologian, because both of these classes have a lot going on. And having a minion means you like to kind of micromanage and have too much to do and never have those like lulls and in, in things to cast. Like White Mage can have lulls. Um, because White Mage is your straightforward healer. White Mage is you 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 heal, you do DPS, but you also have to manage your mana um, because you don't have a whole lot of different ways to regen mana. And so you don't want to like run it down and then be like, oh, fuck, I can't heal. Like that would be bad. Um, so while the other uh, classes have a lot going on, um, like I said, so you can either with Scholar, you'll be managing your pet, which will give you an additional like three um, casting abilities. Plus, you're going to be doing a lot of dots. As a scholar, you are, like, expected to be DPSing, and you're also going to be constantly, like, regening your mana. Like, that's kind of a thing is you, you're you constantly DPSing, you're constantly boosting your hair fairy, you're constantly keeping your mana up so that you can constantly be doing stuff. That is the point of scholar is to, you heal before it happens. You shield, you boost, you DPS. You're going, 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 going. You're not reacting. While uh, an Astrologian has the option to either play as a shield boost or as a regen, which your white mage is your regen, but then you also get those card management, which is RNG based, but it's also kind of fun because you become more um, support for the party. So you actually boost the DPS of the party um, based off of the cards that you use and the management and knowing when to cast them and how to do them and to keep everything going. It's luck and it's skill and it's it's um, it's a really fun class to play. I've really been enjoying it. I actually, it's kind of funny to me that from a scholar, you'd think I'd be like, oh, I want to be the shield-based astro, but I actually prefer playing it as a regen. So um, that's like... Oh God, I just blanked on the, the stance cult. But so like Nocturnal. Thank you. So I actually Holy really, shit, really I, something. <laughs> I really recommend that you give them both a shot. And and the reason this actually works out perfectly is because you can work on your scholar for right now. Because you're not going to be able to play the Astrologian until you unlock Heaven's Ward. And when you unlock Heaven's Ward, then the Astrologian starts at level 30. So it kind of um gives you a chance to kind of play both out really well because I'm sure you're going to like max out your scholar pretty quickly going through all that MSQ and then you can give the astro a shot um, and then see which one you enjoy more and then sometimes like uh, I know with DPS classes I I like going to dungeons with my black mage more but I like doing like um, primal fights and stuff like with my red mage more because I think red mage is more fun single target I think black mage is more fun when you're doing all the AoE so you know it's kind of preferenced based on content as well so you might find that you like it based on what you're doing and how you're playing um i also want to point out that this the animations uh for astrologian are also really really pretty which i know doesn't matter but it's pretty so pretty and i will add on <laughs> something onto this really quickly before we move on um if you want to try out some macros and see if they work but you don't really want to do it in a live party with people you don't know that's actually something that squadrons are good for. Mm -hmm. Take your squadron into a dungeon and then just practice out your macros on them and see if they're working for you or if they're constantly getting interrupted. And that's how you can kind of perfect if a macro needs any work done to it. Definitely. It's a really good idea. Or just ran randomly walk around spamming it on people because I think that'd be <laughs> fun too. You get a heal. You get a heal. Um, but yeah, so I actually like... 
I was level, leveling Astrologian and I actually didn't really enjoy it until I got it past level 65. And then it somehow kind of started to, to really click and kind of come alive for me. So, you know, sometimes you, you have to level a class to its full level to really understand how it's meant to be played. It, it kind of sucks that that's how it works, but but you really don't have the full toolkit until the class is fully leveled. I think mine's level 35. Which one? Astro. Oh. So you, I know what You did five levels. Does. You did five levels. What does it do? It gives... You mean Spire? It gives a thing. No, Spear is a thing, right? <laughs> I love it. It gives someone like more crit, I think. You're lucky you're cute. Now it's time for the tweet of the week. You're not cute anymore. But I did it just how you loved it. I don't. And this week's tweet of the week comes via email. I didn't even know you could tweet via email. But it's happened. You know, the fact that you choose the tweet of the week from every possible like medium except for Twitter just makes it even more douchey. I think it makes it hilarious. Uh-huh. And this email tweet came from our good friend TJ. And it's about the size of a tweet, so I thought it was allowed. <laughs> You're the one making the rules, so I suppose so. He says, I was actually impressed with how well having two guest hosts worked. Great chemistry and a great episode can't wait to hear how it's followed up. So thank you so much. I know our guest host will love to hear that. Uh, we got a I lot of like good I was like jealous, by them. the way. I was here like for the live recording. You may have heard my coughing and laughing in the background. Um, but I was like super jealous that I could not participate in the conversation. Like I wanted to so badly that it was just like, I want to. It's torture. <laughs> I'm a talker. Now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. If you're interested in PvP, and there might be like a dozen of you that are, uh, then next week's episode 9 of the Wolves' Den is for you. The European community team will be playing Feast 4v4 and Hidden Gorge, the newest Rival Wings mode, and as usual, you will be able to win some amazing prizes. Oh, and if you enjoy the feast, they will have a special announcement to make. What will it be? What's with the voice today? You're extra. You're a bit extra today, babe. It's International Women's Day, and I'm just super geeked up for it. Oh, is that what it is? You're like, I fucking love women. Hell yeah. (laughs) Happy, uh, Happy Women's Day to all of you lovely women. Thank you. You're welcome. Now make me a sandwich, bitch. No. (laughs) This will take place Tuesday, March 12th, 2019 at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want a chance at getting some PvP action with them, you'll need to be on the Chaos Data Center. And you're going to have the chance to win some Taitos. Taitos. The little plushies. They got the dog and the corkaper. Still don't know how to say that, if corkaper is right or not. Wait, wait, where is it written? Oh, I didn't write it down. Oh, I, I just, the, the I just cup, look at it and know what curl. it is. Corp copper. Cop curl. Or you can get a t-shirt that says Feast Champion t-shirt. I feel like that should <laughs> no, no, be the something. The way you read that, Pete, I thought that the t-shirt said the Feast Champion t-shirt. <laughs> like on the t-shirt, like space balls, the toilet paper. <laughs> I was like, I like it better if it said the Feast Champion t-shirt. But it seems weird that you can buy a Feast Champion t-shirt because you didn't win anything. You just bought it. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be just be reserved for winning, right? That would make sense. I guess they had extras. <laughs> what are we going to do with these extra shirts that no one won? We're going to sell them. 
And there is another thing. You actually saw this yesterday, Avi, and you were super salty when you found out so what you new, had to do. Yeah, there's a new Stormblood art book, which is really cool, available for pre-order right now. Um, it is the Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood Art of the Revolution Eastern Memories art book. Um, it's going to be releasing on May 15th, but you can pre-order your copy now, so don't miss out on it. Um, do you know if they sell out quickly or not? I don't know. I wrote this, and I wrote that in there. <laughs> I know. I was trying to like play off of it and let you answer it, since that was no. your answer. <laughs> you know I don't know. <laughs> so this but is if like... you really want it, pre-order it, because I don't know if it's going to sell out. It right? might. It wasn't when I clicked the link today. This volume contains approximately one thousand breathtaking pieces of artwork covering patches 4.2 to 4.5 including character and gear designs dungeon vis- dungeon vistas and seasonal event illustrations and more it also includes messages from the art team and an exclusive job crystal and minion stickers you're also going to get a code for a super long time much wanted really excited to get minion tataru she's adorable but i'm fucking pissed that i have to buy a goddamn book to get her Avi hates books. She likes to burn them. No, I just want to be able to like get her somehow in game. I honestly, I love like I love that they put out these art books and everything would like that. You do Eureka to get a Tataru minion. I would actually. Um, I love Tataru. I think she's freaking fabulous. But I don't. I don't buy art books. It's just it's not really my thing because I would buy the art book and I would look at it once and then I would put it on the shelf and it's I'm not I'm not a collector like that. And I know there are a lot of people who are and I think that's wonderful. I I'm not that person. If I want to buy art, I'm going to buy art that's framed that's hanging on my wall so I can look at it. Yeah, you. That's that's fucking bougie. <laughs> well, I just like I I just art books aren't a thing I really enjoy. I I like if I have art, I want it to be art that I look at all the time. I don't want art that I have to go, ooh, let me grab my book that I forgot that I had with this. Yeah. So if anyone is buying the art book and doesn't want the minion, send an email to Avi and she'll probably try to buy it from you. And it is the Tataru when she gets all spicy and adorable in the kimono with the like purple ponytail. And that's that's to me, that's the Tataru when she became freaking badass and she just like put Alphano in his place and stuff. And I just, yeah. All right. Square Enix has announced the Flowers for All screenshot contest. This year, they're tasking adventurers with capturing the spirit of the season by taking a screenshot of their character celebrating the coming of spring. So the theme of it is, as uh, they wrote in their post, get ready for the season by capturing a screenshot of your character solo or with a group of friends celebrating the coming of spring. Flower crowns! So it is pretty wide open to what you can do for this. It just has to somehow work spring into the theme of it. Flowers would be a good thing. We just got a flower crown. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that. And, and the, 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 the uh, confetti, the flower confetti. Yes. Spring! It's going on now, and you'll have until Friday, March 15th, 2019, at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard That's Time. That's a short one. So one week. Yeah. It only started on the 4th. Like, it's not like we didn't tell you this last week. You know, I couldn't talk, which means I didn't hear it. I say we didn't tell you last week. Oh, I thought you were It only started me. on the 4th. Um, oh, it was only four days ago. I yeah. do math. Uh, And they have upgraded their contest submission method. You used to have to go and find the post for the contest on the official forums and then post your screenshots in that thread. You used to have to type out what server 
what your character name is, what prize you wanted. Now they have all of that on a dedicated contest submission webpage. So now instead of having to remember all of that to put in your post, you just go to this website and log in with your Square Enix account, then select the character name, server, and the prize you want, and upload your screenshot, and then confirm your entry easy peasy. Uh, there will be 30 winners, and the prizes are the usual suspects, a Gala Cap, a Noble Barding, a Mandragora Choker, Ariman Choker, Bluebird Earring, and Scarf of Wondrous Wit. I was honestly thinking like, oh, maybe I should enter because it's such a short period of time. You'll have like a really good chance to win. And it's only 30 winners and it's the same old shit. So I'm like, eh. I mean, la- for the last uh, comic submission contest. Well, that's way more work than a screenshot. Uh, they didn't even have enough entries for all of the prizes. <laughs> so you never know. And as we know, we have people that are coming into the game from WoW. So they probably don't have any of these uh I don't have any of these any, items, but it's because I don't want any of them. The only one worth getting items. is the Gala Cap. So you win one and you're like, nah, I'm good. You don't want the Scarf of Wondrous Wit. No, because there's other there's other scarves in games that cover your face that look better than that one. You say so. I do. I And I, I'm like the glamour person here. I'm like, oh, that's from blah, blah, blah. That's that. Blah, 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 blah. Don't, don't. Avi's a hater. Yeah. Woman's Day hater. N- no. Square Enix also made a post on the Lodestone about a change that will affect Steam service accounts. In order to align closely with Steam policies, they plan to implement a restricted login check process for Steam service account users. So currently, Final Fantasy XIV Steam version clients can currently be opened directly without going through the Steam application and is possible to use the regular Windows version client application for the Steam version service accounts. Hmm. After this change... For Steam version service accounts, uh, Final Fantasy XIV client application will need to be started from Ugh. the Steam application's play button. I'm so I'm still the person who doesn't do that. Any other method of direct startup will no longer be available, and this will go into effect later this month. Not no exact date was given. You're making me push more buttons. I don't. I, want I'm to. pretty sure you can make a desktop shortcut from Steam. That's what I do. And then you can Might just... not work anymore. You don't know. No, because when I click that, it starts up Steam and... Oh, no, but see, I just right-click the Steam icon from my taskbar, and then it'll show me my games that I play I regularly, that will and, work... I, and I click I Final think Fantasy. that will work just fine, because it's through Steam. Uh, we'll see. Um, but this got a lot more people angry than I thought there would be. Hmm. Uh, there's multiple posts on Reddit and the official forums about this. So I guess the reason people are really upset is that if the Steam service is down for any reason, you wouldn't be able to log on to oh. Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, that would suck. And there's been one problem I had with Steam What's throughout that? the entire time I've been using it is sometime one time it had some weird file verification failure and made me re-download the game again Mm, that would piss me off so but one hiccup in how long have we been doing this so i'm not too concerned i can't think of any time where i've tried logging in and like steam was down um so i don't think it's going to be as big a deal as some people are making out to be but people lot- like to get pissed off people yeah. let them get pissed off a lot of people are like you I, like to get pissed off i demand that square enix give us a free copy and make it so we can use the regular pc client version 
But that's not what you paid for. Uh, right. That's going to in- involve like coding on the Mog Station because currently you can't have a Steam and mm-hmm. a regular PC client. Oh, yeah. That's not going to happen. Too much. Too much work. I wouldn't hold your breath, guys. So I guess there was actually some confusion about server transfers that are going to be available during the center data center reorganization. So Square Enix, of course, took to the official forums to make it clear. They wrote, to clarify... Players can transfer to any data center they would like to during their free transfer availability period. Of course, you still cannot transfer to congested worlds, dummies. Users will not be restricted to their current data center. Hope this helps. Okay, bye. I like how you add your own words to what is supposed to be a quote. Yeah, I'm cool like that. So, you'll have to guess which part she ablid. I'll give you a hint. Square Enix did call you dummies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there were some hot fixes. That's why the servers went down on the 6th. The changes were completing the Eureka Hydatos Fate Baldessian Arsenal Expedition support will now spawn an unstable ethereal node. The unstable ethereal node will become a stable node after a certain period of time. This is how boring Eureka is that I get bored just reading this fucking patch note. The following changes have been made in the Eureka Hydatos Fate. I don't want to believe and Baldesian Arsenal expedition support. Ethereal nodes will now appear several minutes after completing a fate. The ethereal primed effect is now granted only within the fate area. Knockback effects have been removed from certain actions of the notorious monsters Avni and Tristitia. See, I helped Pete. You said you didn't like it, so I stepped up. I, I fell asleep. The following issues have been resolved. It was possible to discard that Aetherite earring accessory. They finally fixed that because that would really suck. In Rival Wings, completing a match while a player was piloting a Machina would increase the auto attack range of the Machina until the piloting player exited the game or was incapacitated. That was a tricky sentence to read. Yeah, and I don't even <laughs> understand it because it says completing a match. While a player is piloting it, like, would who cares what the auto attack range is after the game's over? Um, I I don't know. It's true. Maybe that was just translated poorly. I'm not sure. Let's take a look. Oh shit, Pete! I gra- you didn't to- give me a trivia question. I forgot to grab a trivia question. Oh my god! On International Woman Day, the woman <laughs> fails. Bitch, oh my shut up. god! I, I got him stacked up. You just gotta like not look at me. <laughs> don't look I'm at me i'm looking at you no because you'll see the answers i won't see the answers you will see the answers all right should i go on to the next one or are you gonna have it up quick? no no I'll, I'll have it i'll do a quick one silence okay let me just so this is a which one is real and which one is fake so you're gonna give me like two statements yes and this is from kk mcleod Ooh. yes and it's because it was the one on top you're going down <laughs> So Nail Vandarnas died in battle, and his sister Eula took his name and become, became Nail. Or, the second Umbral Era was a lightning-aspected calamity that resulted in the people of Hydaelyn in a war versus Lunarians from the moon. Obviously, the second one is true, and the first one is bullshit. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. So wait, which one's true? The second one, the lightning. Uh, that's super wrong. God damn it. I can't believe I thought like it was so obvious. Really? The, that Heidelin's in a war versus Lunarians from the moon? Sounded legit. No. It... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete. 
Well, it was cute at least. You're saying I'm wrong. Good job, KK. Yeah, you're wrong. You're super wrong. Nail Vendarnas died in battle and his sister Eula took his name and she became Nail. Who the fuck is Eula? Nail. Was this in game? Did this happen in game? We fought Nail Vendarnas. I remember T- T9. Uh-huh. You didn't read, watch any of the cutscenes. Were we fighting a girl? Could have been. Uh-huh. Sounds like. No wonder it was so easy. The nail we saw. Oh, bitch. <laughs> bitch, you just lost all your props that you had earned. Like, now the props are gone. Uh, I'm call- See, hey, look, I, I'm- I forgot the thing, but how quickly did I recover yeah, on that? I, I'm calling this one a draw. Nope. Since uh, nope. You, you threw my, nope. my vision off. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> my bullshit excuse. The She's nail like the we equivalent of Yida. Was a never nail. It's like Yida. Like oh we never saw God. Yida. We, you know, like show it was never Yida. It was always. Yeah. For all you people who are like, oh man, the coil cutscenes are so awesome. I, I, I didn't really care. Skipped. Oh, we know. <laughs> so as we had talked about before, Final Fantasy XIV sponsored a float in the Sydney Mardi Gras parade, which is kind of like the gay pride parade over there in Sydney. Oh, speaking of which, KK just like shared a pretty badass uh, code in chat. He just shared the power up emote, which he was saving for the lore segment. Ooh, because he felt bad for stumping me. You guys, so you're going to try and get the emote? No, I have. No, do I? Ha- I don't no. have it, but I don't need it. <laughs> Thank you, KK. Really appreciate it. Look at Chili. You're encouraging people to drop codes. It's like so cool. All the so, giving. We do now have pictures of that Mardi Gras float. Yes. Uh, that Square Enix sponsored with the Sydney gamers as like the group putting it all on. And at first I was like just a flatbed truck with some inflatables on it. And then I read an article from Junkie.com about someone that was there, and I think he was also an organizer for the event. And it really seemed like it meant a lot to him. Mm. So I'm not going to focus on exactly what it was and more the meaning of it. So it was, a, it was like a little bomb and a moogle. Like. Uh, also a cactuar, but they didn't have like a good... Uh, you can barely see it in this picture on the other side. Um so it was a really cool event from everything that I read from this article, and we can post that in chat right now, and it will be in the show notes as well. Good I'm, job, Avi. I'm, I'm like... You, you made up for your earlier mistake. Bitch, you got it wrong. It was a question already stored. I like I stocked up these questions, man. I'm good. So if you read this article, I think you'll really get a sense of how much this meant to people in that community, just like Final Fantasy XIV and Yoshida, his quotes on it. I think it really meant a lot to people. So I think this is an amazing thing that happened. So I love it. I love how um, accepting and open this community is. And I think it's wonderful. And it makes me happy that the that Square Enix itself made an effort to to be accepting as well and, and express that through a float. Like not, and that's not something you hear video games doing. Like I think it's really cool. Yes. And so it, it was a flatbed truck with inflatables of the bomb, the Moogle, and the Cactuar. And the side of the truck is lined with Final Fantasy fourteen images. And then the article also said that they were playing dance versions of Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, songs. that's fun. So they put the effort in the music, yeah. more than it, which so that, makes more sense for a parade anyway. So that seems pretty cool. 
And it seemed like in the past they had really struggled putting together something for uh, the parade. So this was a very welcome addition cool. from Square Enix. So. And congratulations, Kirito, on uh, getting the code, the power up code. You can do it on. You should got to do it on stream now if it shows up. Once Pete remembers to put the images down, I already did. Avi, keep <laughs> you, up. You always stop forget. watching the stream and start watching the live one. It's all the way over there. That that's like hard for me to do. And we also have a couple Yoshida interviews. They weren't very detailed, so I just picked some fun questions. I thought from fun them. Questions. Uh, first one comes from Polygon, and they asked, "Is new content always going to focus on the new areas of the Final Fantasy XIV world? Is there a possibility that we might end up needing to explore Aorzi again?" This is a Pete question. You've asked, like you've you've asked for this. This is what I want. Yeah. So the answer. Uh, from Yoshi P is as a rule of thumb was no we implement new content in new areas the areas players have explored previously on their journey through the main scenario quest line are no longer dangerous for the warrior of light nor are there any surprises or secrets waiting to be found if we are to have players return to these older and lower level areas which i think is the key phrase there um i feel a new system on par with our level sync system for fates would need be needed and i don't believe it is time for this quite yet however there are opportunities currently which allow players to enjoy older zones the implementation of blue mage has brought many players back to the older zones from a realm reborn to learn actions and with future implementations of limited jobs whoop whoop spoiler alert uh we may even see further opportunities to explore areas from earlier content they are so going to do more limited jobs like he totally just said that right there yeah uh, Beastmaster, Puppet Master, I think we touched on that a little bit last week, would be potential How limited I, jobs. Did we? I was uh, yep. drunk. No, I wasn't. I was sick. Um, Yeah, it's almost like they could have like put the relic in those zones, like figured out a way to do that again instead of making this new zone of Eureka Pete's, and having Pete's us go in tone. there. Uh, that would have been cool because I'd much rather you spend more time designing systems that are actually fun than wasting time creating new areas and then putting on an unthought-out system into that new area. Some people like it, Pete. Some people like it. Some people like it, but everyone loves Fat Cat. There are so many Fat Cat items in the game now. How do you feel about Fat Cat, or do you prefer a different minion? It's a fucking Fat Cat. Like, it's gonna win no matter what. All right. No matter where in the world you go, it always seems that Fat Cat is popular. I absolutely find Fat Cat cute, but it doesn't have that characteristic Final Fantasy series feel to it. So as a producer, director for the game, you could say I have mixed feelings. <laughs> That's my Yoshi P laugh every day. That's your Yoshi P laugh. Yeah. Fat Cat aside... I must say my current favorite is the Omega Minion. The mount is very cool as well, but don't you think Omega is cute? So, what would you pick, Avi? Omega or Fat Cat? Well, it depends on my glamour. That's that's the true end game answer. What glamour goes with Omega? The Omega sets. So that's it. No, and the um the gear from a lot of the PvP gear, my red mage stuff, like anything that's kind of like blacks and chains and it's kind of like a robotic feel to it. Omega goes really well with that. Well, I actually kind of agree with him. I like the Omega minion more than the Fat Cat. That's why I've never bothered to buy the Fat Cat or fish up the Fat Cat. You had to buy it. You I think fished you it. fished it up. Yeah. Um. Oh, I love the Fat Cat. I, I meant buy with Gil. What makes the Fat Cat fabulous is the rollover. 
I like the fat cat mount. That's badass. Yes. Uh, but as for the minion, meh. Hey, Bubba, I have an idea. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> what is it? So Monday is our two-year wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. I know. Well, I know we're going to go out. But what if we bought each other a minion? Or not a minion, a mount for um, an anniversary gift. Like off uh, the market board? No, like off the Mog Station, you cheap ass. You know how I feel about the Mog Station. I know, but it's a gift. So two-year anniversary is digital items. And date, night. One or the other, Avi. <laughs> One no. or the other. No, no, no. All right, second Yoshi P interview from Kotaku. Uh, they said there. They asked. I know some players who are worried that their servers might see a rise in bots when the gates open. Is the team doing anything to prepare for these sort of things and combat this in the future? I believe there is no doubt that the economy will show some fluctuation, but I don't think farming bots would suddenly increase in number across all the worlds. Unless there's a sudden surge in the number of players, supply and demand should not change drastically. The game economy will show increased activity at first, and I think players will jump from world to, to sell and buy items. However, each of these economies will establish a price point within the market, and the initial fluctuations will stabilize. I'm honestly a bit more concerned about fluctuations in the market price being very severe over a very short amount of time rather than an increase in bots. As on a side, um, we have always been applying countermeasures against bots, and as we report to our players each week, we continue to ban thousands to tens of thousands of characters that are determined to be taking part in these activities. We will continue to do our due diligence to mitigate this type of activity. I do have to say, I um, this past like week, I feel like I've noticed an increase in bots. Like I, I felt like I hadn't really seen any for a while. And and I saw a couple like in Ulda, and then when I was at the Mog um, transmutation location, there was like three bots that were identical to one another, standing over each other. The guy like transmuting, and I just I don't know. It was like two days apart from one another. I was like, wow, I haven't seen a bot in a while. And now I'm like fucking four of them. Yeah, I don't see them too often either. And when I do see them, there's like a, a lot of them, a lot more than three. <laughs> <laughs> There uh, may have been more, but they were like so stacked on top of each other that I couldn't tell. Yeah, I tend to agree with him here. I don't think there's going to be a big increase in bots um, because they're usually just trying to get themselves leveled up and sell stuff. And it, they might go to another server if there's a higher price, I guess, maybe. On no, Bill, but... I actually fully expect that the markets are going to freak the fuck out. Everyone's going to go to the cheaper one and they're going to the expensive one. And there's going to be a bunch of jumping yeah, back but and I, forth I, I, and then it'll even out. I actually think, yeah, that's what. That's what he said. It's yeah. going to be a short-term fluctuation, it's, it's, and then we'll yeah. stabilize, um, which I think is fine because I do think there should be like it'd be better like so you don't have to transfer worlds if they were able to just make a data center marketplace. Mm -hmm. That'd be really convenient, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, it annoys me a little bit that they're willing to let people go to different servers and sell and buy, but they won't open up the housing districts. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's one easy solution to their housing problems for people on the high population servers. If you just let them well, but go I mean, you to say another that, Pete, but the low, lower populated servers, it's not like there's like all these houses that are available. There's like a few houses available. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like a fix. It would be like a, and those houses are gone. It would be a band aid. 
No, it wouldn't. It would be like a piece of scotch tape that would fall off immediately. You don't use scotch tape for band-aids? No, that's not sticky enough. Duct Duct tape. tape. Super glue. (laughs) Immediately in my head, I was like, and that's why I married you. (laughs) All right. And on the introduction of Blue Mages, they didn't have a question. I guess Yoshida just went off on this tangent. The Blue Mage is only able to acquire balance because it is what we now call a limited job, and there are no plans to remove the limited aspect from this job. However, we do plan to raise a level cap on Blue Mage, and this does not necessarily have to be timed with an expansion release. So at some point during the Five Points patch series, players can expect new Blue Magic, which can be acquired, additions to the Masked Carnival, and even new content to tackle. I would say we are only at the So You Wanna Be a Blue Mage chapter in the overall journey for this job. There is a lot of future Blue Mage content in the pipeline for our players to enjoy. What layer is layer level is your Blue Mage, Pete? Uh, 30-something. I have not played it since uh, the first week it was released, I think. Yeah, I... I am- and it's not even because I don't enjoy it. Um... I got to the point where I had to start doing dungeons to get abilities. Is it because it's just, not Mahjong? I just didn't feel like putting together groups to do it with because you can't join a duty finder for it. Mm. I, um, I think it's just because it's not Mahjong. Yeah. I, it's like, all you've been doing lately is freaking racing chocobos and playing Mahjong. I was getting that MGP and I hit the 2 million gil mark and got my fucking Sabo Tender mount. I don't really like it, so I'm okay not having it. I don't it. care. I know. Well, it's green, it's neon, it's electric, it like matches your thing. It's not one I would use. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan either. But <laughs> it I was two million. In MGP. I just like having goals to work to, and <laughs> oh my god, I have so much more fun doing multiple stuff in the gold saucer than I do doing anything in Eureka. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do. Put put something in there for ten million gil, and I don't care if it's a ring that I won't even see on a glamour, and I'm gonna get that fucking ring, <laughs> like a belt. Yes. I want that belt. Give me the belt. <laughs> So, I'm motivated by weird shit. I don't know. Oh, we know. I'm motivated by fun shit. Like, the gold saucer is fun. I legitimately find chocobo racing fun. I wish there were more people that would do it in there with me. It's I'm always against NPCs. I don't do it. But see, you know what, Pete? Chocobo racing is your eureka. No. no yes. It's fun. Because <laughs> it's your Eureka. Most people don't like it, but you do. You know, but I remember like you were all about gold, like Golden Saucer. Even when people got kind of burnt out on it, you're like, nah, I'm doing my gates. Mur, mur, mur. <laughs> like, you were... Gates are fun. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, put something up there for 10 million MGP. He'll work for it. Um, he will be one of the, the first people to get it. What are we talking about? How do we get the blue mage to that? Um... Yeah, I don't even find anything wrong with Blue Mage. Like, I'm not on the Blue Mage hating crowd. Um, I think there is room in this game for a limited type job. I don't think every job that they introduce has to go into the greater scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, My only problem is that they build it as something that was going to be overpowered, and that's why it couldn't be in the normal groups. And it doesn't really turn out that it's going to be overpowered. Yeah. Because I thought this was going to be fun as shit to start doing like unsync content. Mm. And it's like, I want to do, uh, you know, Alexander 12 Savage on my blue mage. And like, I do have to admit the like self-destruct made me laugh the one and only time I used it. I was like, oh, I died. <laughs> Didn't think it would do that. And the, the throw in the fish, like there's some fun elements to it, but like 
Yeah, it's not OP. Yeah, and that's my problem with Maybe it. Maybe that was I, like their way of finding like a coined, easy way I of saying. Oh, it's even, OP for healing, people are saying. Thank you, KK, even, for correcting us. Now you're back in character. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even, I can't even talk that much about it because I haven't even done the Mass Carnival yet, so I don't even know how that is. But I'm I'm not on the Blue Mage hating side no. of things at the moment anyways. Even like even the Eureka hating side of things for me, like I actually had a conversation with a, like a friend about it. Like she loves Eureka. She's been having a lot of fun in it. And I, I was commenting on, I don't enjoy it. That doesn't mean I hate it. I'm allowed to not enjoy it. Like I don't, I don't need to like all the content. What I don't like is that the Baldesian Arsenal, which is something I would like to work on trying to do, is hidden behind it. It's, it's all this super boring content that takes a really long time. That's like super casual, time killing content. And then there's this really difficult, like skill based thing that you have to try really hard to do. Those two things I don't think should be connected, and that's what upsets me about Eureka. And. I'll say I hate Eureka. I know you do. <laughs> um, the difference is like you we're talking about like the relic's always been a grind and it's always been something that you can get casually. It's and, a relic. And a you, relic was always a grind. That's and that you could is. work on for a little bit at a time. But it doesn't really feel like you can do Eureka for a little bit at a time. It seems like you have to join the NM train and you have to stay on that for it's however a, long but i mean like relic always was a really massive grind i mean i like but i said i, I go back lock. to the books and i would farm yeah. those fates for hours by myself like hours pete you don't know but, because yes, i, I farm them for you but what i'm saying is you could do that and you could camp out at different fates and it could be it was rare that it took hours it was usually within the hour fuck you and, no yes it was nope and for Eureka, and specifically, I know Baldusian Arsenal isn't part of the Relic. It's just a public dungeon. Then it shouldn't be there. Uh, yeah. Um, it takes, like, hours to set up. Mm-hmm. And then it then you have the shit show of people getting in there, whether you all went in with a pre-made, and now the pre-mades are getting mad at pugs who are getting in. They should have just made Baldusian Arsenal server-based, and it was something that happened in your server. And and like like a fate that you did, and it didn't have to be in Eureka. It's literally something else that they added to Eureka that did not need to be part of it at all. Uh, this is how I would have done it. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't have had like fates that you need to do while people are, are in the arsenal to be like to progress. Mm-hmm. I think that's really annoying. It separates everyone out. Uh, I would have made it so you could do it in steps. So mm. you can get your token to enter the Baldesian Armory by doing fates or whatever. And then you could hold on to that token until you're ready to go into Baldesian Armory. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal. Um, that way it doesn't have to be a five or six hour. How long is this explanation going to be? Five or six hours. It felt was... like it was you were like going into a thing. So I had to just check. I listened to your whole Greenleaf Minute, okay? And I didn't care about any. I don't know how to heal. That, that was all, for someone else. That all went over my head. Um, like 80% of the podcast, even though you wrote it. Uh. I'll give that to you because it's International Woman's Day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because I think it would have been cool if, like, you can do whatever you need to do in Eureka and you got a token. And then whatever you want, you'd be able to queue into Baldesian Arsenal as long as you had that token. And it would just be a regular queue, like that you're queuing into a 24-man raid. Mm-hmm. Just make a 50, whatever it is, 48. <gasps> Chili's a bitch! 48, 56, 
Chili got the nightmare Pegasus whistle. I Calm hate down. you. You'll, I hate you. Just get good and you'll get one That's too. That's like my most coveted and game item. Pete, buy me that for my anniversary. You I don't can, think it's for sale. It is. It's 20 million gil. Ha. You, okay, you can buy me that ha, or, ha, or ha, a Mog ha, Station ha. item. You can either buy me that or an in-game. Yeah, like you have the option. I'm giving you the option. If you get me an in-game mount, it has to be that mount. Because that is, I want to be Stormy from freaking Rainbow Bright. The white Pegasus so what you're mount is, to say is honestly my favorite. You don't want me favorite. to talk about Baldizian armory. I was, I, I'm anymore. sorry, I got distracted. I, I, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, so it seems like the biggest complaints I've been seeing is you're basically forced to join the Discord channel for Baldizian Arsenal, uh, and even when you're in there, it can take a long time to get a group to do it. And then if you do get a group. There's a lot of problems getting the same instance as all the other groups that are looking to do it together. And then once you do get an instance with all of you together, there's more people that can be in that instance that are that are allowed into the Baldizian arsenal. So that's when the portal sniping comes into effect. And that's when you get people being toxic to each other. And so it's just not a great system right now well no that's like the consensus it does not seem like people are enjoying it like i go through all these threads and yeah there's a few that said hey i did it no problem in a pug and it's like you're the exception you're not the rule Mm -hmm. and it's a pain in the ass to organize it's not very puggable and the queuing system is bad so I agree. I, that's why I wish they'd spend more time on systems and reuse some of the other assets in the game, like the older zones. Right. Work on the don't, system. Don't put the effort the into designing like where it is. Because now you, you've wasted time making yeah. Deodum. And now then you just wasted, like, shove it together and make it work. Wasted time doing Eureka now. Well, mic hit. But I hit the arm, not the mic. That's the first. Um, the thing is that like, some people actually do enjoy Eureka. People didn't really enjoy Diadem. I think people did Diadem. But people, some people do enjoy Eureka, Pete. Well, and there was a rant on our uh, Discord about this as well from uh, our former raid mother, Oaken. Um, <laughs> former? She left you? She left us. I know you're not a she. <laughs> um, that it's kind of geared towards... I'm not going to be as uh, mean as he was uh, to the people that have a lot of time on their hands, to yes. the type of people that have no problem. Oh, that's right. We had talked about reading the Oaken rant. I, we didn't We didn't save the Oaken rant to read. <laughs> no problem wasting six hours a day in there. It's not geared to what a lot of other content in this game is, where you can do in a two, maybe three hour sitting. Mm-hmm. And... I agree. Like, that's why I would have broken it up. I would have broken it up between... Oh, I found it. You want me to read it? Uh, if you can bring the rage. Oh, I don't know. I'm never... Th- I'm not this angry. So, I'm going to bring Lady Rage. This is Oaken. This is Mama, Mama Oaken. <laughs> As promised, after slogging through the Mr. Happy podcast on Baldesian Arsenal, I word vomit the following synopsis. Baldesian Arsenal, also known as BA furthermore, appears to be content designed for the unemployed, underemployed, and other people who need to find a time-consuming activity to pass the day. Shots fired. The primary challenge to BA boils down to logistics, altruism, and not growing frustrated by content that disrespects the time of players. For starters... 
BA is unlocked behind approximately 80 to 150 fucking hours of the most mind-numbing, boring, and repetitive content in this game. That is approximately 52-hour gaming sessions. You could work two 40-hour work weeks, beat five, six triple A games, or enjoy 30 to 40 full-length movies in that amount of time. So by the time I beat Final Fantasy X, I could have done Eureka. Once BA is unlocked, players must complete to zone into the 56-person BA instance via eight-man groups. Currently, most BA attempts are organized through Discord and consist of pre-mades. There is no guarantee you will be able to zone into the instance as a finite number of zone-in portals are spawned. Pug players who want to attempt the content have been harassed and even blacklisted for simply trying to zone into the instances. This has created an incredibly toxic environment. Each attempt of BA requires one to two hours of waiting, just waiting, and logistics, and two to three hours of fighting through content. The content is also fundamentally unbalanced and skews toward eight tanks, eight healers, and only ranged DPS. In fact, the first World Clear only had a single melee DPS. One boss requires that players outside of BA kill a difficult notorious monster in Hydrados. The BA raid literally cannot progress unless that mob is killed. The World First Clear group had to spam shout chat and claim that Mr. Happy needed help to clear to motivate the zone. If a player dies once on the final boss, once, which mistakes by other players can also kill you, the boss can eject your corpse from the arena and you get zero rewards. I actually like that part. The fights are tuned around the difficulty of an EX primal, but mobs typically one-shot players if small mistakes are made. You don't need to be an expert player to clear, but you need to be consistent and hope others don't kill you. Thus far, most who have beat BA are able to play six plus hours a day, have cleared ultimate, and do not represent even mid-core players. In sum, BA disrespects the time of players and is representative of poor game design. It takes us back to the horrifically boring and toxic days of MMORPGs where the size of one's neck beard was proportional to the amount of contested spawns available to that person. It's sad. Is that it? Did I do it justice? Uh, it was good. I wish you could talk at that volume for the whole podcast. My throat hurts a little bit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, a couple things from that, and I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate is, uh, for the party composition, I've been reading more and more that as long as you bring the light, right, uh, logo system abilities, uh, it actually doesn't matter too much. Um, you do have to have a certain amount of tanks, uh, but it didn't seem outrageous for having 56 people in there. I think you only needed like eight tanks. And obviously there's going to be ways to min-max it. And if people want to go in all black mage or something like that, then okay. And you'll beat it faster. You know, it's going to be red mage. But as long as you're able to bring the light, I forget what they're even called, the logo actions. um, Because we never got that far. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as you bring the correct ones, you can go in with pretty much any group makeup. 
Um, but other than that, I think it's pretty spot on. It's pretty annoying how it's set up. Um, I'm saying um too much now. I just noticed. Anyways, anything to add <laughs> to Baldesian Arsenal? I think for the most part, like unless I get really bored during the summer, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to this because even though the mounts are cool from it, I just don't know if it's enough to get me to do it. Ooh, because uh, Susan Sprinkle says she's been making gill by selling off her logograms on the market board. Logograms. So Pete, you can start called. doing that to get me my Nightmare Pegasus. Oh, craft shit. I don't need it. <laughs> farm that shit oh and a big thank you to super nerd dalton who just subscribed for 17 months thank you dalton so awesome and also oaken uh by the way uh because he says hired for my rendition you you give me more uh more rants like that and I, I will read them for you that was that was wonderfully done you like it was well researched and thought out and then put together a plus man <laughs> yeah anyone wants to send a rant to avi to read just, hmm. just email. It I won't us. read every rant. I'm not gonna like that. I'm serious. I'm but not, if it's a good one, if, it, if it. you read, a, if you write a quality rant, if there is something about this game that you like or feel really passionate about, because I can't like, I was only able to read it that way because it it was written that way. I can't like fake passion on that. Like that's me trying to get your your energy out on on the podcast. So yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear more rants. <laughs> All right, so let's bring it around home. Or if you're really happy about something. Time for... Yeah, you can have a rant about something you really like, right? Doesn't it be like a rant? I love the shit out of this mouth. I love Eureka so much, and this is why. And you can give me your super passionate reason as to why it's wonderful, and I will read that. Yeah. If it's really passionate and really well written. I can have you and Oak and Colin, you guys can fight. (laughs) To the death. Uh, Let's bring it on up to uh, the community roundup, partner. And today, I didn't know really what to do, but I was looking at a lot of stats today. Uh, So that reminded me of the website ffxivcensus.com. And it has been updated for March 2019. So from this, you can see like how many characters are active, how many total characters there are. And it splits it between uh, North America, Japan, and Europe. So you can see like the active player base on them. Was this after like the after 10 million active player or whatever? Uh, the census has been around for a fairly long time. Hmm. I just kind of forget about wow, it every now so and then. so many higher males. You guys are like all the things. Master race. Mikote females are right up there too though. Yeah, and actually that's all characters, but the active ones are mostly the higher females. Or uh, the Mikote, Mikote females. females, you're right. How funny. And thank you for that follow. And the female white. Thunders. White Thunders. I like that. Uh, so yeah, ffxivcensus.com. And it's just kind of fun. You can uh, see the breakdown of all the different uh, uh, genders and races. And uh, So, but other than, other than Blue Mage, Scholar is the least played active class. Because <laughs> Blue Mage doesn't count. So yeah, I recommend everyone go check that out because they have some it's really cool. fun stats it's on really there. Cool. What's surprising is the grand companies are actually split pretty evenly between all the players you'd think that one would be a little more than the other (laughs) so let's get to some listener reaction avi we have susan sprinkle who says tweets uh great job on last night's episode at she heals i tank i just watched the twitch replay despite some tech issues and avi's stolen voice the show marched on with humor charm and great content as always oh so nice thank you for that susan 
at MMA Karambit says in response to She Heals I Tank, Amy and Mioni, nice episode. It was good to hear Mioni live on your podcast after all the times I watched the videos on YouTube. I didn't even know Emmy, but she was so entertaining as well. And Edge Odenblast says, another great episode. She Heals I Tank once again introduced to another set of fantastic creators. I definitely got to check out at Mioni on YouTube and uh, Emmy from Musecast XIV. Both had some great viewpoints and fun to listen to. Great work getting them together, Pete. Yeah, I did. Good job. Pete. And at Mocha Jones 10 says, at She Heals I Tank, thanks for the songbird attire and emote. Uh, Hackbear? Ha- Hackbear. Hackbear. I don't know. Name from my wife. Sure enjoys it. H-A-K-E-B-E-R. Apologize if I butchered it. Thanks for helping Greenleafs like me each week and providing hilarious entertainment. So I think the real thanks should probably go to Chili because we didn't drop. Oh, a, I uh, did. Oh, you did? I spent oh. my hard-earned money and I dropped because I couldn't talk. So I, like, didn't, I didn't remember. I, so did, I, I gave Chili credit on I, I Twitter. I bought all of the emotes from the Little Ladies Day thing and everybody's like, I already have that. Have that. And so, like, Mocha Jones is like, bitch, I got it. <laughs> so it's like, it's cool. <laughs> oh, gr- congratulations on uh, dropping some codes, Avi. I didn't know that was you. I said I'm going to drop some codes. All right. So, that is our listener feedback for the week. And I don't see any callers on Discord, Avi. So, I think you can take us out. And after a week that we almost went two hours, we're back to our normal, <laughs> normal, one, normal one hour. Normal one hour. So that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with all of you live here on Twitch. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Be sure to hit that follow button so you'll know the next time we will be going live. And a big thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever app came out yesterday that I don't know about. Uh, You really are the reason we keep making episodes. And remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us if you gave our little shit podcast a rating or a review. Or even more important, tell a friend to check us out. Here with Vegan Pete, I'm Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.